Hey everybody, welcome to the Tofugu Podcast. Today's episode, we talk to David Elliott Jones, who is the director? Nope, he's not. No. <laughs> he's the main actor. <laughs> he's the presenter and in, writer. And uh, Yeah, maybe. In uh, the Big in Japan documentary, which is about one interesting dude and his two friends uh, going to Japan and trying to make David famous. Yeah. I think the a lot of you might have that same dream. I sure do. That's yeah. what I, yeah. I'm definitely going to come big in Japan after so watching this documentary. Go. Like, I, I feel like I had that dream at one point until I realized mm. it was awful. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they went to Japan for three years. They tried their damnedest to make David famous in Japan. And uh, uh, we'd recommend you watch the documentary first before re- listening to this episode. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, uh, it won't be a big deal, actually. It's, but it's, it's pretty good, though. You're going to want to watch the ep- yeah. documentary after you listen to it. So you might as well watch it now so you can follow along with yeah. our discussion and, and uh, criticism mm-hmm. <laughs> of the documentary. It's you like a, some a of that. Q&A with the director mm-hmm. of a screening. Yeah. But you didn't get to see the screening. So maybe see the screening first. Yeah, you can yeah. Uh, watch it over at Big in Japan Doc. That's D O C, like documentary, dot com. Mm-hmm. Or just search for Big in Japan documentary on Google or Bing or DuckDuckGo or whatever you use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Excite? I don't know. And uh, and you'll be able to, to find a, a copy to watch. And yeah, uh, yeah. it's really good. Like, yeah. we, we all really enjoyed it. Um, it's very yeah, near it and dear to good. our hearts. Uh, yeah. You can see folks like Bob Sapp, Lady Beard, uh, Kelsey, a, a J-pop hopeful, or J-idol hopeful. Um, Bob Sapp, again. And, of course, David as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bob Sapp is a legend. Yeah. Um, you get to learn his sexual preferences. Mm-hmm. You get, you get <laughs> to learn. how much money is in his bank account. You definitely get to learn more <laughs> about Bob Sapp than you probably need to know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, watch, the, watch the movie if you can. If not, it's going to be totally fine. It's yeah. a great interview uh, about a great movie, mm-hmm. uh, so I hope you enjoy. David Elliott Jones. I'm producer presenter of Big in Japan, uh, which is a documentary about fame through the journeys of foreign celebrities and my own uh, fame experiment as a hopelessly ordinary person doing whatever it takes to get fame um, in order to understand it. And um, thanks for having me on the show, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show, yeah. David. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for being on. here. Yeah, I guess uh, really quickly we should introduce ourselves too. Uh, I'm Koichi. I'm Michael. I'm Jamal. <laughs> and we, we, we did not go to Japan and, and do no. a three-year-long experiment. <laughs> but we did, we did watch your, your documentary. And, and mm-hmm. just to, I guess just to start, like, at least I really enjoyed it. It seemed like everyone else did, too. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was, yeah, I did. It was a good um, film. <laughs> it felt a little bit near and dear to my yeah. heart. Like, I, I, I had my own phases, too. And, like, yeah, it was, it was super interesting to see someone. Well, it's, it's not that interesting to see someone go to Japan and try to become famous because, as you'll see in the documentary, that's, it seems a little bit more common than a lot of places. Yeah. But to document it and to, like, really get into the weeds about, like, what it means to go over there and try to become famous. And, like, you guys talked to a bunch of other people like Bob Sapp, Lady Beard, uh, the girl <laughs> named Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey, um, yeah to see why they did it and like you got them to talk a lot about it it's going in and out of different fame subcultures and it's it's giving uh you an understanding at the end of of what fame is overall so not just about my journey to try to get famous although that is like a fun we would say entertaining aspect to the documentary but i feel that overall you get some sort of almost anthropological understanding of what fame is. And we capture that through different characters representing different aspects of fame. So Bob Sapp is someone who's been famous in Japan for more than 20 years. And and that's obviously affected him a lot. And and then we meet someone who gets famous very quickly as we follow him. That's that's Lady Beard, the Australian guy, cross-dressing heavy metal singer. And then... um, Kelsey, who's just starting out. So we sort of 
span the whole um, fame journey. And then also on top of that, there is me just as a completely ordinary person doing whatever it takes. Yeah, as you can imagine, that leads to some pretty crazy scenarios. I know you guys kind of explain, well, do you, I don't, you kind of explain why you decided to go try and become famous in Japan, but, but why? <laughs> why? I would say it's mostly a curiosity about what fame is that mm -hmm. drove me to do it in the first place. Why Japan? Because we have that association with Japan as being a place where you can get big. And there's this like parallel with where we're at in fame culture generally, where it's all of a sudden accessible for ordinary people to get famous on the internet, on Instagram, on YouTube, on social media. Yeah, yeah. There's also that perception of fame being easy in Japan if you're a foreigner. Mm -hmm. So we sort of wanted to go into it from that lens. So treating it as like a sort of a case study and like what would fame be like for an ordinary person. We sort of used that as a platform to explore the greater theme of fame, if that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. Why, why, why did you want to know about that? Why, like, it was three years of your life. And, and then in the beginning of the documentary, Lachlan and Lewis were just like, hey, you'll do anything, right? And then you're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I'll do anything. And they're like, well, you go to Japan? You're like, hmm, okay. I yeah. guess I said I'd do anything. Was it like a lifelong? <laughs> yeah, what, is, what was driving you? Uh, it was something I was curious about. So I'm 31 years old, right? So I'm, I'm someone who grew up when social media suddenly exploded. So Facebook came about my first year of university. And also we had the reality TV boom. So mostly it was curiosity. We, we had these like messages, I guess, that sort of reinforce the idea of like everyday normal guy, normal person, celebrity and sort of like telling us that it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like total immersion way to explore it and see what it's like. I, I did want to know whether um, whether those sort of signifiers of fame, those, those likes and lots of people knowing who you are would translate to a good feeling and happiness. And I thought mm -hmm. I'd just give it a whirl. Um, yeah, I, I can't say that I've ever being obsessed with fame or anything like that or trying to get my name out or I've never really been trying to get attention that much. I've actually probably more the opposite of that. But what I have been throughout my life is someone who will just do something as in jump in the deep end and give something 110%. And that's kind of what I did once I committed to being in Japan. There was no sort of looking back. That was all for the cause of this crazy fame experiment. And I was motivated by making this this crazy documentary, I guess. Like, also, it was a, it was, it was a massive adventure as well with uh, Lockie and Lewis and, and, and all of our girlfriends as well came came across to Japan. And mm. we could make this film. We, we bought our own camera equipment and we just had this freedom to totally invest in it, you know? So in some ways, it was a big adventure. It was it was something we felt like, why not make this film? It's something that we're interested in, and it's crazy. And we were attracted to making something that was a little bit crazy, I think. So did this idea of exploring fame and like getting really deep into like what it means to be famous now, did that kind of come out fully formed before you guys moved? Because I know, I know in the documentary in the beginning, your, your friends... Uh, Lachlan and, and Lewis, they talk about how they just love to film you, like even back in college. <laughs> were, were, and so they, were they, they were like, okay, well, let's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Dave Cam thing, that's that's real. So they used to film me. Oh. I'd come home. Um, I And, you know, you're in that sort of, sort of that teething early 20s age uh -huh. when you're starting to go party a bit and you have, you know, more than a few sort of like moments where you don't really want to be filmed, but they got all of that. So, <laughs> so there's a whole collection of, there's a Dave library that they have. They called it Dave Cam. Are there special features on the documentary we can get somehow? 
if you persuaded Lockie and Lewis, if they probably heard this podcast, they'd be inspired to release it. But I, I, <laughs> okay. um, it depends on if you want it released or not. That's that's the important thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably tons of stuff there, but um, so that was part of it. They liked filming me, and they just thought for some reason that I translate well on camera or I look funny in a, in a certain kind of way. So they had an inclination um, that I guess I would do well on, on Japanese TV or, or I had a somewhat sort of memorable persona. Was that concept of like, of like exploring fame, was that there from the beginning? Or were they just like, well, let's make Dave famous because we like filming Dave and that's it? It was something we talked about for ages, actually. Yeah. And in 2012, we just finished our first documentary. It was a broadcast documentary one of the public broadcasters in Australia and we were thinking about themes that we could explore and we were actually thinking about a fame series at one point exploring these different like types of fame and what they mean and also ways to become famous so I guess underpinning all of that was this idea that fame had completely transformed in the short period of our lives like it had gone from being something gone from traditional fame like broadcast analog fame like what you you get you're famous if you get on tv or you get in a magazine something that's very controlled Mm. to something that is completely out in the open and anyone can supposedly get so we wanted to explore that it did so this new type of fame didn't come with the perks necessarily of the old fame so the perks being like you know money and appreciation of your talents or mm. or like something um it's like the difference like, between like a, a public personality versus like i guess an actor where you'd get like paid for doing yeah like a scene or doing a movie and that like then that gets released and there's money made off that where it's like i'm just exactly i'm, I'm i look good on instagram and so people yeah, know who i it. am that's it that's the older fame is kind of like inherently validating because yeah, yeah. you're like it's you've got a talent and it's being celebrated and mm. the fame is a reflection of that whereas the new fame is the the main measurements of it are likes and shares and yeah have views. you know like we wanted to know whether that was something to enjoy or whether it was something to aspire to whether there mm. was any sort of like concrete joy in doing something like that mm. on, on yeah. that note i kind of want to jump to the very end and sort of get into the actual experience of it because i think in terms of our, our listeners it's it's a lot of people who want to go to japan sure mm. and i imagine there's like you know 60 to 80 people at least who who are just waiting until they turn 18 so they can move to Japan and become famous. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you said like you're trying to do it to see if it brings like fulfillment, happiness, if you become famous. So at the end of your, your three-year stay, would you say it was mission successful? Um, like what did yeah, you find what, out? What I found out was that it was, reflecting on it, there were moments of fun and I guess surreal moments where, where you, I don't know, like I'm, I'm in a Toyota commercial and getting paid. Yeah, like that was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. I think I remember that commercial, to be like, honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this, this stuff like that that's quite surreal and, mm. and no doubt fun. But, you know, overall on reflection, I think it was the adventure of it that was the most fun. And I think that's kind of like the message in some ways. It's, it's like what is real life, actual experiences on the ground, like the doing of the um, doing all of these crazy TV gigs and mm. stuff like that was quite fun, but it wasn't so much about the recognition or the amount of comments I was getting or anything like that. That wasn't the fun part. It was the doing. So I think that sort of speaks to fame in a, in a way. Like it's this new fame is more superficial than we might think. A lot of us. So I, I feel I feel like. Uh, it's much more important to have a real good time <laughs> yeah. and have real life experiences. You know, mm. that's probably on reflection what I got most out of the whole thing. So do you feel in retrospect, since you went to Japan with the goal in mind of like, let's make this documentary, let's explore fame. 
but the purpose in the documentary was let's make Dave famous. Let's make Dave as famous as possible. Do you feel that because you were doing the documentary, that kind of kept you guys from like pushing to get more and more famous? Because you actually were achieving your goal of making the documentary the whole time. Like as long as you were doing stuff and getting footage and, and pushing towards that, you were achieving that goal. But the goal of make Dave like the biggest star in Japan, do you feel like because you were achieving one goal, it held back the other goal? Not at all. Like, don't get me wrong here. We totally wanted to make me as famous as possible. <laughs> we were, we were, <laughs> we were pulling out all shots that we could to to try to serve that, you know. Mm-hmm. And if there was an opportunity to be on one of those like staple sort of panel TV shows with foreigners on them, we would have totally taken that up. We were we were so immersed in it, and yeah, we we kind of were uh, motivated by that goal in itself you know like Mm. because we just wanted to see how far we could get it was it was all a bit of a game for us you know at the at the end of the doc i remember it was kind of like lachlan and lewis were like ah we're you know you know how much is enough like what does it mean to be famous and like you're trying to figure out a definition yeah of what fame is it's kind of hard now isn't it yeah. To, to yeah. Find fame because what we've got is basically we used to have just like a, a a handful of TV celebrities and like musicians that kind of thing. Now we have it completely opened out. So you have like thousands, if not almost like millions of famous people, depending on how you define fame. Because an Instagram star with like fifteen thousand followers is a little bit famous. They're not people that they are friends with. They're um, they have fans. They've kind yeah. of just got people that know who they are, as opposed to knowing like that's, that person intimately. That's it. Yeah. So at the end of it, we had a little, a little bit. Uh, I had a few fans, you know. I had quite like uh, people who I didn't know who were following me on YouTube, and I guess we were trying to work out, you know, at what point do you call me famous? And mm. that was like bit of a conflict we couldn't work it out so it was like should we stay here how do we define fame and i think like um i was comparing it to my the site the population of my hometown Hmm. which was like um people Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah that that'd be about fame but then it it, it's just sort of (laughs) do you think if you got to twenty thousand people then you'd be like well but then but let's think about the population of my county instead and like that's fifty six thousand, and it, like yeah. it, it's uh, like I it's addicting. Mm. Like for some people, it's never enough. I think I think you did a good job escaping from that. Mm. <laughs> to yeah. be honest, yeah, um, I think a lot of a lot of people locked into that. You know, uh, it's a it's sort of like a, a system that encourages you to get more. It's like every follower, every like is is some sort of reward, and obviously you want mm. more reward, so. I think it's probably a bit of a problem because as we discovered in making this film, it always comes with a price. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if you actually want to become famous, you have to put in a lot of time, hard work, or you know, you end up isolating yourself. It becomes hard to keep real relationships if you get to a certain level of fame. And um, in other ways, you know, you you might end up sacrificing your your dignity or like, other sort of genuine parts of your like I- the beast. identity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I it. wanted to I wanted to talk about oh. the beast. Would you say that the beast kind of uh, That's you Bob Sap for Bob everyone. Bob Sap, yeah, Sapusan, yeah, uh, Sapusama. <laughs> I, it was very interesting watching the three kind of different levels of fame, where you have Bob Sap, who is just monumentally famous, and watching the different motivations. Yeah. Of the of the three different subjects, I guess. Yeah. And it was really interesting to watch Bob Sapp as kind of like you know an older as kind of an older guy seem to be completely motivated and like driven by like I'm just gonna get this money, I'm gonna just get this money. That's like a very old world attitude totally. of fame. It's like I'm gonna be famous, I'm gonna hang out with cute girls, and I'm gonna just get a bunch of money and yeah. get peed on and get peed on Osiko play that was I really that was my favorite part of the movie and I learned I learned a new term uh, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah no that's uh, 
So, yeah, for, for your listeners, they probably have no idea what is going on right now. You have to go watch but the movie. You got to watch the uh, movie. It's, it's seriously, yeah. you got to go it's find really it on good. iTunes, Vimeo, Amazon, or VHX. <laughs> yeah. But there is a scene there where you learn a little bit about Bob Sapp's private life. Let's just put it that way. Okay. You'll, uh, you'll learn. Mm-hmm. Um, got to watch the movie. Rob. Gotta, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's. But to your point, um, yeah, Bob Sapp was very traditional in, in his goals. He yeah. uh, he kept telling us he, how much money he had. <laughs> yeah, and he, he wouldn't care what he did to serve that, you know. Like, yeah. he totally commodified himself. That for him, like, doing a whole bunch of pachinko uh, promotions, mm. uh, pachinko, pachinko being, like, a type of gambling that yeah. is very common in, in Japan. It's like uh, these little metallic balls that yeah. you sort of try to get more of. Uh, very well, he, popular, he's, slightly legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they exist through some sort of loophole. But mm. anyway, um, yeah, Bob Bob Sapp. Uh, that's one of his sort of mainstay income things is is doing promotions for these things. Mm. And um, you know, like that's a decision he's made. Like, and he's absolutely cool with because uh, he sees the beast as an outlet to make money. Yeah, and he doesn't really have any. Um, He's not so concerned about image or anything like that. It's more about whether there's uh, a paycheck at the end of it and what the paycheck is. So, mm. um, but yeah, then you on the other side of that, you've got other people who we meet in our documentary, like Rick, aka Ladybeard. He's uh, a cross-dressing heavy metal singing wrestler from Adelaide in Australia, and he had a really really rough upbringing. He was uh, overweight as a teenager mm. and and was bullied for him it's about it's it's about being accepted sort of on a, on a, on a grand scale i think so um he he gets a lot from people liking him and liking what he does right and right bringing bringing um joy to people is mm. i guess his main motivation mm. so yeah it's it's really interesting to see the different sort of motivations that people have for it the one that kind of struck me was the um, girl who was trying to become an idol. I think that was Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey. And yeah. Um, her motivation never, and maybe it will, and maybe I missed it, but her motivation never really became clear to me. It really seemed like she was holding on <laughs> to an idea that like she discovered when she was like fourteen and just kind of <laughs> kept Sailor she, Moon when she ran home yeah, from middle school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like where she had an yeah. idea of like what this yeah. was, and she kind of just kept chasing it. Um, and yeah. she was she was fairly young and and to, well, to make that, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. to make that leap, I guess contrasting watching you go through a lot of these um, these videos and uh, kind of the big one where you where you looked like you were fed up, and kind of that point <laughs> big waterfall scene, big waterfall scene <laughs> where you were a bit fed yeah. up. Um, I guess through the process, did you feel or did you have that? Do you feel your motivation was as strong as like? Bob Saps, who was like, I have money, I don't care. I'm just this big dude. They're gonna pay me to do this opening, or Kelsey, where it's just like, this is what I wanted to do since I like was 12, or uh, Rick, who had that, just kind of like, I just need this. Did you kind of feel like you had that? Yeah, probably. I I have to speak honestly here. I don't think it probably was because mm. it, I could always, I could, I was always gonna walk away from this project at the end of the day. Um, mm. But. Having said that, I did really properly invest in it, you know, and yeah. I, I put, I put, I made very real sacrifices. I, I, and you can see those sacrifices in the entire movie, yeah. just one after another. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I, uh, I really sort of put my, um, integrity on the line, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, part I, of it is sort of how far we will go, how far. I will go to to see out this goal, and it ends up being kind of humiliating at times, you know. Mm. And now uh, it's uh, it takes some explaining to certain people to to say what I've been doing. Like it, it's it's quite a permanent sacrifice, you know what I mean. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't I don't mind because I know who I am. Yeah. My friends know who I am. Yeah. My wife knows who I am. So it's like. It's oh, congratulations. Uh, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. yeah, cheers. But yeah, so it's you know, it's that's that's what matters. It's not what other people think. Mm. I, I, I will I will say speaking of 
other people thinking of things and, and judging people. Uh, <laughs> I remember you from like years ago. I think you emailed in. It was probably that part of the documentary where like we need to, to email everybody we can about our <laughs> videos. And I was like, oh, okay. That was 2014 when you emailed us. Yeah, um, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I think we got think a couple emails from you. And I, I, I remember thinking, and I apologize for saying this. It's just like thinking like this guy's like literally he's just trying to become famous. And <laughs> like, like that's all I could feel from it. And I was like, you know, it's like it's not helpful. It's not. It's just like I can tell he's just trying to become famous mm. no matter what. And like that, that turned me off when I saw that. And when I f saw the documentary and, and then we heard from you later, I was very relieved that I was like, OK, this all makes a lot of sense now, like in, in context. Like, yeah, it, 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 it felt like that, that, that you were trying to become famous. And, and maybe and maybe uh, I don't know, maybe that shone through too much at that time. Or mm. maybe I'm just used to people emailing us and we having ha having to look through a lot of people's content. Mm. But uh, yeah, I appreciate your honesty there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. But but I'm but super relieved that you're like a normal person and and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that was a big part of the uh, sort of Mr. Jones's identity as well as this desperate guy trying to get famous. Um, that was <laughs> the, that was uh, who he. That's who he is online, you know. Mm. Like, <laughs> so um, we we made all these videos with sort of the theme of of this character who is doing whatever it takes to get famous. So we went to that sort of qualified a lot of our um, outrageous stunts. Um, That's true. You, was, do, you do say that at the beginning of a lot of videos, I think. Yeah, it was a pretty wacky couple of years. You'll have to go to the YouTube and. Um, enter the rabbit hole to, to find out more. Hey everyone, just a quick break to kind of give you an ad, but also kind of make a deal with you. Uh, if you're in a Japanese language class and you have a Japanese language teacher, I hope you do, uh, if you're in a class uh, and you're using Wanikani or you're not, uh, if you let that teacher know to email us, uh, at hello at wanikani.com. Uh, we'll give that teacher a 50% off code that they can give to you and your other classmates learning Japanese. Um, but really, we know it's, uh, it's, it's all for you because uh, you're the one who's bringing it up and telling your teacher about it. Mm. But it's a good way to get 50% off. Uh, just have them use their, uh, their actual uh, work email address so we can verify that they are, in fact, a Japanese teacher. And uh, yeah, and we'll we'll hook your class up. That's uh, that's something we do. And with the new uh, with the new school year, I just uh, I just thought we'd remind you about that. And uh, you know you can you can make it happen mm. or not. It's fine. If you're not using Wanikani, it's our our kanji and vocabulary learning website, our application. Uh, you can learn two thousand kanji, uh, six thousand vocabulary words, Japanese ones, uh, in a little over a year if you're a good student. If you're a bad student, it's going to take longer. Depends on you. If you haven't used Wanikani, you can use the first three levels for free. Uh, I think that gets you about 60, 70 kanji, about 200 vocabulary words. Really, that's about what first-year Japanese classes get through in one year. Uh, you'll be able to get through those three levels, those first three levels um, in, I don't know, if you're going at a decent clip, three to four weeks. So you can get one year of kanji and vocabulary study done in three weeks if you... Uh, you know, give it, you don't even have to give it your all. You can kind of give it your half. Give uh, it your sum. Yeah, give it your sum. Um, and uh, impress your Japanese teacher when they're like, wow, how come, how come you're so good at Japanese? Or why are you, you're too good, you're cheating on your kanji quiz. Uh, then you can be like, oh, no, I'm using Wanikani. Hey, if you email them, hello at wanikani.com, then, you know, I can get 50% off and so can everybody else. Uh, so go ahead and do that. It'll help us out. It'll help you out, and uh, and we'll we'll be the this. class hero yeah. if you think about it. <laughs> Basically, you'll be saving the teacher. It's like I don't have yeah. to teach this. You know, you the know, teacher's what? like, <laughs> you well, know, what? how am I going to teach these kanji? We, we've done and surveys. And then all of a sudden, we've done surveys, and that's kind of how it is. It's yeah. like the teachers are like, we don't know how to teach kanji, uh, so we just tell them to learn it, and that's kind of what the state of kanji mm. learning is for the most part for most teachers that was my experience yeah it's almost everybody's experience 
So why not, you know, yeah. make it better? Save them. Be the hero, as Michael said. You know, you may not be the hero that they deserve. But you're the hero they need. Is that, is that how it works? Wait, no. No. You're not the hero. Damn it. You are what the hero it? that they need, though. So it's, it's fine, even if it's not Batman. All right, let's get back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> and h- how many videos did you make over the course of, of those three years? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think there was probably about 20 or something. Uh, but they were, they weren't, you know, vlogs. They, they, like they weren't, um, they were pretty production. Um, we put a lot of effort into them, like probably more effort than we needed to. Uh, but we scripted them. We, you know, translated it into Japanese and then I learned the lines and we bought props for them and, and we probably, put a soundtrack into them, all kind of stuff. Like it ended up taking up a lot of time, which was quite funny because mm. at the end of it, the videos that got more hits were the ones that were seemingly effortless. Mm. Um, the, the ones that were just speaking to the camera. <laughs> so I think that's it tells you a little bit about the audience on YouTube, like, and how maybe we, we want to see people like us on social media. And that's maybe one of the, uh, aspects of modern celebrity is is uh not necessarily talent but like relatability yeah i yeah. think you're totally right i don't know we're, we're moving into like an era i think of where people are are not getting kind of those relationships that they need as humans like just mm-hmm. the way we're evolutionary like our evolution is that we want to be in these like kind of tight-knit groups these mm-hmm. tribes of people and we're like becoming more and more isolated Mm-hmm. and then trying to use the internet and things like that to sort of make up for it. At least this, that's, that's just how I feel uh, about yeah. kids these days, you know? You can kind of see that with some of the <laughs> new platforms that are popping up and, like, all the, yeah. like, Instagram is doing, like, Instagram TV where you can, like, broadcast you just doing stuff now. and yeah. People want to feel like they're with someone. People want to feel like they've <laughs> they got, like, Twitch. I think, uh, right. I know in Korea, uh, something called mukbang was pretty big where you just, like, yeah. like people would eat big Food meals. And yeah, <laughs> and just talk to you. And it was, like, it's kind of that connection thing. Yeah. Um, one yeah. thing I guess I kind of noticed about you guys' videos is that um, – maybe it lacked that connection. Do you feel that like, like you said, the ones that were more effortless and just talking to the camera, do you feel that maybe your approach and maybe yeah. making the proclamation of trying to be famous? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I, th- mm-hmm. I feel like if it was a much more uh, authentic vlog, it probably would have got a lot more hits. Mm-hmm. I feel like people, especially in the Japan vlogging sort of scene, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the viewers there are just like wanting to be in Japan and like um, living vicariously through a lot of those vlogs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm sure we could have done something like that and it would have been way more successful, to be honest. Mm. Even if you had broken one more wall where just you're, you're just like, okay, here's what I did, like as, as David, like here's what I did today to try to become famous with this character who's mm. pretending to want True. to be famous. Like just, just seeing that like behind the curtain or thing would have like humanized yeah. it so much. Yeah. Uh, whereas I was, when I remember years ago watching the videos, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to spend time with Mr. Jones. <laughs> like, yeah, please. Get a wacky character. You know, put on yeah. clothes and which is like, it, it was kind of like uncomfortable yeah. sort mm. of humor. No, I get that totally. It's interesting. I feel like I needed a bit of separation. If, if I did some of those, did that sort of more authentic, approach mm. then maybe i don't know uh i wouldn't feel as comfortable doing the kinds of things that i did you know mm. what i mean like yeah. um, You're david wearing a fundoshi walking around yeah mm. she'd be a crossing <laughs> I mean, that, totally. that being said like what you did made for a really good documentary at yeah. the end so yeah, like really... you know it's a ends to a mean and yeah. I, I don't mean to Sorry, I don't mean to be criticizing your videos. Oh, not at all. Was, not at but all. like the no. documentary is amazing and like mm-hmm. being able to see all of it and mm-hmm. see all of it come together and why and like just get context to those those years. Yeah. Um, yeah. David's a great presenter. I'll say that. I like David's David. a really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> David's a really great presenter. Like. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. You should Appreciate definitely you should, uh, host Cool Japan or whatever. <laughs> for Shinzo Abe. <laughs> for Shinzo Abe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll put in a good word for you with, with Shinzo um. Kun. 
Yeah, our, our <laughs> best friend. Yeah, yeah he uh, loves speaking us. Speaking of the the fundoshi, I, uh, I was wondering, like, I, I know in the documentary you have some footage of the police talking to you. Oh, here's our clickbait. Like, how <laughs> how regular was that? And uh, <laughs> did did anything how ever come of it, or was it always just like <laughs> go away? Yeah, did you ever have to go to the station or anything? Was never arrested. Uh, was warned uh, several times. Yeah, don't get arrested in Japan. We're very careful, actually. Mm, I mean, that good. doesn't really reflect in the documentary necessarily, but um, we we are also very uh, sensitive about context when we brought the Onigiri Man character out. Like mm. Shibuya Crossing, we felt was fine because people are doing all kinds of crazy stuff there all the yeah. time. It's like um, tons of different types but, of outfits you know, and costumes. Yeah. You you weren't you weren't Logan Pauling it is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. And I wouldn't do it in like a um traditional like like we wouldn't do it in like a traditional sort of old Japan setting or anything like mm. that. Or yeah. particularly in a um we were very sensitive. We yeah, you're not at like a shrine doing it. Didn't it didn't seem like you were bothering yeah. anybody. Yeah. yeah, and if we if we were, if that ever happened, we'd quickly stop doing it mm. as well. Mm. Yeah, but um, most people took it with good humor. Like, it was really funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, seeing the reactions. Like, we had a lot of fun at the Comicet uh, in mm. in Tokyo. It yeah, was a sort of cool shots too. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. but it was a uh, it was it was quite an interesting contrast because. You see a lot of like very skimply clad mm. <laughs> women there, like, uh, and it's sort of like this platform for them to get lots of followers. Mm. And uh, you see all these like usually male photographers, or and then I'm just completely like wrecking that with my onigiri man uh, <laughs> <laughs> character. Uh, but but people saw the humor in that a lot, mm. and uh, I think that was uh, I won't reveal too much, but that was. That was one of our most viral moments. Um, if only you did that, like, in the first year, you know? Yeah, I think it was... Uh, that was a good climax to the whole... Yeah, halfway through, halfway through, I would oh, say. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, like, kind of scared you were going to get, like, hurt by one of those photographers, like, a mob of photographers. <laughs> it was a lot of photographers. <laughs> like, man, I don't... Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty intense, but then you um, quickly get used to it. It's funny how quickly you get used to it mm. as well. <laughs> do you just sit around are you only gary man all day now is that just oh the, yeah yeah just morphed into him <laughs> where, yeah. where did you get the where did you get the head the hat uh was it tokyo hands it, or something close uh, it was donkey oh, <laughs> damn <laughs> yeah it's it's uh so anybody could it's be. in storage at the moment but you know if the um I'm doing a Bob Staff. If the paycheck's high enough, mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll bring, bring it out. out. <laughs> Got to bring it Sorry, out. Sorry, we, we have something. So I, I had like a, a panda hat from a long time ago that mm. was famous for a while, and then I just hated that, and <laughs> so I think it's gone now. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's in a box, maybe. Mm. I yeah. don't want to be you killed. Can break it out. It definitely <laughs> still exists. So speaking of the Kamaket, I think that was one of the points in the film. Like after that, you were like, "Let's do this. Let's keep going." And your friends were like, no, nah, let's not. <laughs> and then before that, at the waterfall, you were like, I can't do this anymore. This is too much. And they're like, no, keep doing it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. You've got to do it. So it seemed like to me that you and your your friends, uh, Lewis and Lachlan, they, you were kind of on opposite sides of like when to keep going and when not that's, to. That's what Nakamura um, are there for, Michael, to, to help push you on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Undoing our filmmaking hit. No, I'm joking, <laughs> but um, no, that, that it is in in their um, that is part of uh, their role, I guess, is to uh, <laughs> conflict with me a little bit. That's part. That's part of you know the, the meta aspect of mm. of making the the documentary. But based on authentic moments, you know, like the the arguments we had were 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 real, and there was always that. Um, Everything that happened, you know, was was real. But like the uh, there are when you get to the editing room, you you put put it together, and there are so many ways that you can put it together. So yeah, we 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 knew we had to structure some kind of journey, and and time had passed since the waterfall, and this was what was occurring. Like uh, you know, like we we uh, found that we were still in Japan, and we had to have some sort of endpoint. Mm. 
So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it reflects as uh, the timeline in the documentary, but uh, like several months, um, actually, like, I think it must have been like three months or something had passed mm. at least since the, the, the waterfall scene. So mm. it was in that context, it was like, we've had this viral episode, you know, what's going to happen now? It's not growing. Um, it's not like growing in an escalating kind of way. Like it's uh, slowly growing. Mm. So we sort of had to call it, you know? Yeah. Speaking of arguments and things like that, are, are those kids okay? That you're teaching English to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry yeah. for them. When I think yeah. it's Lewis, it was just like, fuck the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment in the film. He, he might have made um, the next Hitler, you know? Like <laughs> some little girl who's just like, oh, that that Australian. Mm. Now I'm yeah. going to. I hate life now. <laughs> I was waiting for Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and. Uh, that, that was like that for me that was like <laughs> a big moment where i was just like i i started disliking lachlan and lewis and then started liking you a lot more mm. and like i was like oh david's the good guy and then yeah and then these two guys will do anything for the for the shot and i don't know <laughs> yeah well good i i, I think so that's kind of what we yeah. what we wanted you to feel that's good that you can feel <laughs> something like that yeah um I have to say that beyond the documentary, Lockie and Lewis are super nice guys. <laughs> yeah. um, they're not as they're not as uh, evil <laughs> in real life. That's um, good. Okay. And uh, we we are still great friends, and we make we're working on our next project together. We make documentaries together still. So um, awesome. yeah, but such troopers in a way, you know, like they 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 are willing to make assholes out of themselves to make a documentary you don't get yeah. too many of those types yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, so um all good for, from here on in <laughs> so what was that do you feel then that that was kind of like characters you guys were setting up as like you know you were kind of the good guy and lewis and lachlan were the pushing you guys like like so so you kind of edited around edited it in on purpose to do that sort of yeah i mean the stuff that happened but then there's also you, you've got to make something you've got to make a story work um mm. and uh we were aware of the dynamic from the outset uh it's not saying that stuff that happened in the film um was uh staged or anything like that it was right. totally true yeah but uh just like what you chose you, to edit in so. yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's uh we were aware of the, the dynamic mm. um and and we decided to make it a part of the documentary mm. um kind of the outside and, looking in. yeah like yeah. for instance the you know the the waterfall scene um that's probably the climax mm. um that we didn't include this the 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 goofy sort of star jumping warm-ups we were all doing <laughs> um at the end of it and the 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 sort of the high note you know like um, there's only so much you can include in a 90-minute documentary, and right, you have right. to you have to take viewers on an emotional roller coaster to make a powerful story. So, um, you know, like uh, there's yeah, there's, there's just there's, there's certain things um, that you you decide in the editing room. I think um, maybe maybe we'll not, be able to not, see those in the Big in Japan documentary documentary, <laughs> documentary about Big in Japan. <laughs> Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I need to begin to think about how much. Uh, now, nah, I think I don't think that will be coming out anytime soon. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, well, so bad. Maybe the fifty-year reunion, like the fifty-year <laughs> retrospective, where you guys are brought on stage and everyone's <laughs> thinking back to big in Japan. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you talked a little bit about the J vlogger community and um, you know how a lot of the J vloggers were kind of creating things for people to live vicariously through. And um, that is crazily popular. Uh, and you met a lot of J vloggers on, in the documentary. Um, how, how big were the J vloggers influence on you and, and how involved in that community were you? And then what was your impression of that community when you were there? They're all really lovely people. Yeah, and they're also pretty ordinary people. 
Mm. <laughs> I think there were a lot of them were, were quite bemused by how many views they were getting. And, you know, we, I went to a gathering in a Rapongi sports bar, which was like a, a, a YouTube gathering they do once, once a year. And I met a bunch of these people. And um, my impression was that, you know, they're just like any other person. Uh, they're talking about teaching English in Japan. They're talking about like their pastimes and stuff like that. And, you know, they're quite humble. Like they're not really necessarily defined by their YouTube channels. But those are the people I, I met, you know, I, I didn't meet everyone mm. um, in the jvogging community. But I felt like there, there was just, if I could identify any sort of trait, there was a lot of recording, like a lot of need to sort of document. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> there were so many cameras there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know whether that was like because of their channel or because they did it already, you know? Mm. So uh, yeah. it was interesting. But definitely not sort of like um, these weren't people that were affected by their celebrity status. I, okay. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I went to another YouTube event, like, uh, I guess six months after that, that was put on by Google and it was more of a red carpet sort mm. of. I think um, I remember that. One. Yeah. Open, <laughs> open bar yeah. um, scenario. <laughs> and, and that was, I found that kind of strange because it was sort of the, uh, I guess the subtext was you guys are the new celebrities mm. um, and, and people were, totally playing up to that because it was an invite only sort of deal <laughs> so dope. i don't know why mr jones had got invited i think they were just sort of like <laughs> um the celebrity yeah, man. humoring humoring me uh but yeah uh it was it was quite funny so i i'm kind of curious about the experience of your girlfriends and now your girlfriend is your wife congratulations maybe um, don't assume that <laughs> <laughs> well he said it earlier well he said he it's got sad. married or he got true. it as a wife. No. Oh, that is that is true. I am assuming. This, this could have been uh, a very well, congratulations on <laughs> three your years marriage. <laughs> it is indeed Tara. Uh, okay. Thank goodness. Congratulations. I, um, I was wondering about their experience uh, because they they left a was it a year before you guys? Yes. Uh, well, not a year. Sorry. Uh, it was like several months. Yeah. Okay. And I was also wondering if that influenced your guys your uh, decision to leave. Totally. Yeah, we missed them. We missed them quite a lot by the end of it. And I think we were sort of like, we, lucky Lewis and I should never, ever share a house. <laughs> um, Isn't that what you did for like, three years? <laughs> actually, it's interesting that you say that, but actually we lived in um, different apartments. Mm. Um, yeah, I have to say, by the end, we were all living together mm. um, because it just made more sense um, after... Um, the girls went back to Australia. It was just sort of like the mission wasn't really going anywhere um, by the end of it. And and also we uh, we missed the girls a lot, you know, and we we had to get back to uh, real life, so to speak. Like we needed to uh, probably uh, advance our careers and stuff yeah. like that as well. And, yeah. you know, it was a it was a really fun couple of years in Japan. But it wasn't forever for us, you know. Mm. Some people, are, granted, like that is a, a really fun career and option for people, and I respect people following their dreams and doing that. But we wanted to keep making documentaries, and and we wanted we we have connections in Australia, and we've built something in Australia, so it made made sense for us to come back and mm. do that. Yeah, I want to ask one last question on that that topic. Uh, there are going to be a lot of listeners whose dream is to go to Japan and they probably do think they probably do dream to uh, become famous in Japan for whatever reason or go to Japan and do vlogging and, you know, like follow all these people that they've been following for, for years on YouTube and whatnot. Uh, from your experience, like what what is your recommendation to them? Like what or do you have a message for them, whether it's positive or negative or somewhere in between i'm curious what you have to say if people want to do that this absolutely you you can do that uh, you're, you're totally free to i think it's like um uh, a, a great place to do it 
I think it's really fun making videos that you're passionate about and it's great having people appreciate your work as well um, or your passion whichever way you view it you know and I think Japan is really amazing place uh, I think if you go over there and you become a, a teacher or something that's a very comfortable life you don't work too many long hours like as a, as a foreigner you have it pretty good like I was working I think the standard is like 30 hours a week and you get pretty decent pay and you can live so comfortably with that and you can afford rent and you can have a pretty good lifestyle over there so I think it's a great thing to do but if your goal is to make videos and become famous on the internet um, I think you should question that it, it like that's totally fine if that's what you want to do but uh, are you prepared to put in the long hours mm. and to as we see in the documentary I think you, it it does change who you are as well do you want to be defined by an audience do you want to open up your private life in that way like that's a serious question I think and it's it's not for everyone mm. um, for some people it works so it's totally fine like I think do whatever you want is is the key point cool so where can people watch big in Japan the documentary uh, so big in Japan uh, doc.com so www.biginjapandoc.com. Mm. We've got Vimeo, iTunes, VHX, Amazon Prime, Google Play, all of those. So I, I guess you can watch it from your Apple TVs and stuff like that if you wanted to, or you can stream it online if you like. Universally available. Cool. Happy to say. And where can we uh, where can we keep up with all the Big in Japan doc news for the eventual Big in Japan, Big in Japan documentary, documentary. <laughs> <laughs> if it ever eventuates uh the the prime spot you'll hear about it would be our social media channels so we're on twitter facebook instagram just look for big in japan doc all right and awesome. um, you'll find us right, yeah. you heard them guys it's facebook instagram twitter big in japan doc absolutely go see it like it, it actually was very it's a really good, good movie like, yeah we get people who send us stuff and and we watch it, and we're just like, "Oh, sorry, we can't, we can't cover this because <laughs> it's bad. We, we don't like it." But yeah. um, this one, like, we truly enjoyed it. We watched it together, and we yeah. talked a lot about it, and and enjoyed. I actually watched it twice because I watched it once alone, yeah. and then once with uh, Koichi. So, but it was, <laughs> it was very good. Like, I, I enjoyed it quite yeah. a bit. Um, Thank you, guys. It, really appreciate that. Very professional documentary, and, and yeah. if you listen to this podcast, then it's going to be near and dear to your heart as well. And if you're a, and if you want Bob Sat demystified to some degree, you should definitely, <laughs> definitely watch this. Yeah, if you want to know about his sexual preferences as well, Oof. <laughs> get on. Well, there. one of yeah. them. Also, how much money he has in his bank account over three years, <laughs> <laughs> as he tells uh, you yeah. several times. Um, but yeah, it was a great documentary. Yeah, Thank, yeah, great thanks doc. so much for uh, for sharing yeah, it with yeah. us, and I hope I hope the audience, our audience, also enjoys it as well. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I yeah. love what you guys do as well, so keep it up. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank yeah, you. thank you. Cheers. Well, that was our show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. It was uh, fun talking to him, to David. Um, I think we're, we're a little bit mean and critical sometimes. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but not that really bad. We really did enjoy the doggy. Yeah, it's like... It's a good. It's, it's just like I didn't like the YouTube videos when they first came out, but now that we have this context, I like them because it's like, oh, mm. you tricked me, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Into thinking you're someone trying real hard to become famous, but really you're someone trying, trying really hard, hard to become, become famous, famous for a documentary. <laughs> for a documentary. <laughs> yeah, See, the, it's totally the context fine. changed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was good. The YouTube videos by themselves. I saw a couple. I wasn't really into them, but. By themselves. If you like yeah. Nato, the companion piece of the entire documentary on someone. I do. I mean, there are. Oh yeah, he did do they that. They were going. That was gross. That was definitely going for a certain fetish group. Yeah. <laughs> not not to if shame any like, fetish groups, but I, we just gave you a great tip if that's you. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. there's some good stuff over there. Um, I don't know. I like how 
like for me, it felt like, I don't know, it, it was, it was kind of scary because like, uh, you know, we had our YouTube time mm-hmm. and then like I, before that I had my own YouTube time where I had my own separate like channel from college. Oh my also God. check out the, the Tofugu YouTube. Yeah, I guess. Check out Tofu <laughs> YouTube. Um, but See some history. Like I had one before that where I was, uh, it was Koichi Ben, which I think is private now because Jamal was trying <laughs> to watch them. And uh, <laughs> and I did. And yeah, you got, you got through some. Yeah. Um, and I found some more just in case ooh. somebody wants to know. Yeah, Hit me up. <laughs> you know, like I, like I think that was my like, I want to be famous in Japan period. And I didn't know why. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad I, I could see the light and stop. But like, I think it was like number nine in Japan and like in terms of subscribers and like it was, it was pretty big deal back then. But mm. then I think something clicked and I was just like, oh, this isn't fulfilling at all. And like, I don't feel good about myself necessarily doing this. And then, then I think like Tofugu took off and like it was kind of the same over there, too. Like that one was less about trying to become famous, but like it still had some of that feeling. And I think like. I don't know. There, it, this is going over like a decade of my life of like slowly figuring out life a little bit. Mm. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just like I, there, there's a point where I realized, OK, like what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to be useful and trying to do things for other people rather than trying to to do things for ourselves. And like I think I like I, I used to be a lot more the face of Tofugu and like when people, God, I feel like asshole talking about this kind of stuff, but like when people thought Tofu, they thought Koichi and like, I've been like trying to like recluse myself basically like Howard Hughes um, <laughs> and like, <laughs> trying to pee in my bottles so that I don't grow your fingernails, mm-hmm, all those things that you got to do. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you're, you're too young to know about Howard Hughes, Jamal. But uh, like, <laughs> yeah, like I just like, I, like I, there, there was a period where I wanted to be famous, but I didn't know, know why. I think it was just like, kind of like we talked about in the documentary where it's like society is telling, was telling me that like you should want to become famous, especially like during this, this era of YouTube and, and social media. And like, then I, I just realized it was like, you know, there's, there's no end to it. And like, it's not fulfilling. It's not like, you're, you're not going to be happy at the end of it. You, you might have many, many, many moments of dopamine, and like if you string enough of them together, close enough together, then maybe it can sustain you. But you, you, you'll grow numb from that eventually. And like you'll just need more and more and more. And so like that's kind of why I like really backed off and like tried not to not to make it so anyone knew me. I don't know. <laughs> like that, that's the perspective I came from. I think I tried to ask questions around that and they they kind of they kind of disappeared in the interview but um yeah i don't know it's a it's a weird topic yeah I, I so you it. can yeah if you watch the documentary you know you can kind of get that get a little bit of that mm-hmm. and maybe you know it packs in the what the decade of of soul searching that you had koichi into a couple <laughs> hours <laughs> I it was really soul searching <laughs> yeah it was, it was just more like more like realizing that like you should do good work and then maybe fame will come from it. But if it doesn't, who cares? Like I'd, I'd rather just be able to do the work and like, I can do that for my whole life, but like, I can't be a, a pretty like J pop idol for my whole life. You know, like what, what happened? Like, you know, nothing against what Kelsey or is ever. doing, but like what happens when she turns 24, you know, and she's an old, old lady <laughs> in the J pop world. Like, <laughs> You know, there's uh, so old. Like she's putting everything into this, and even if she gets it, it's like so fleeting. It's like, I don't know. It's like being mm. an NFL player or something. Um, Which Bob Sapp was, and then he transferred. Well, he's over. a failed NFL. <laughs> 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 Barely. Um, this is a long. Yeah, also. that's true. He went from one fleeting thing, and like then you have like Bob Sapp. He's doing it for the money, and like that's great. He did. He was like one of the successful people, and he got the money. But like. At the end, like, he just really did not seem happy. Like, he spent, like, 20-plus years of his life being, like, not not happy on the inside. And just, mm-hmm. like, maybe on the outside, he was, like, able to smile and go, ha, 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 ha. But, like, 
I mean, I can't talk for him, of course, but he didn't seem yeah. like satisfied mm. <laughs> with life. Well, yeah, well, in the documentary, he <laughs> sorry we're giving all this away for you guys, but uh, he, he did mention about like how he hadn't seen his family in, in years, a decade, yeah. something like that. I don't think it was that long. Um, was no, like two years or something. Yeah, no, I okay, don't well, super long. maybe I'm misremembering. But watch the he talked yeah. about like, <laughs> we just probably made that up. <laughs> yeah. He, he talked about not really being able to to sustain a lot of close relationships because of how packed his schedule was. Mm. Yeah, but he had a lot of he had pets. He had money, though. So and money. If you're all about the money, he had three million, then six million, then seven million dollars. So many. Whatever it was. So much money. <laughs> and it, you you gotta watch it because his face when he starts talking about his money, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, like money, though. Like, that's that's another person's goal. And, like, it's just like, you know, that's not... He's going to go home and live a comf- comfortable life in Washington or whatever. And, like, that's that's it. And he'll... I guess he'll have those times in Japan where he was made to be a monkey for TV. But, like, I don't... It just doesn't seem like... I don't know. I, I I shouldn't speak for other people. It just doesn't seem like he's happy to me, and that that worries me. Like, I think I think we're just like in an in an age of of people, like trying to to trigger their dopamine, but not trying to be happy. I'm the younger satisfied. voice here, and so I'll I'll be the dissenting opinion. You'll be the what? I'll be the dissenting opinion. The young boy opinion. Is the young boy. I'll be the young boy okay. opinion. Yeah. The shonen opinion. <laughs> Being right. famous is awesome. I don't know what this old geezer's talking about. <laughs> Getting those you, Snapchat. Likes giving you up snapjacks, <laughs> those, <laughs> those, yeah, getting my snap to gram popping is lit. <laughs> Wait, that's, that's where, can, where can people follow you on Snapdogram? <laughs> What's your handle? You already know what it is. Dot sxx Naruto. Dot what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is like this is kind of why we stopped doing uh Facebook on on for Tofugu. Like, it, it, it was also like because they're they're assholes, but like it was a lot of it was just like we we felt like Facebook was like the whole goal and the whole like way it's designed is to get people to like have these moments of dopamine and like basically get them addicted to it, like by seeing things that they like come through their feed and it's like it really is kind of a drug and like we didn't want to be part of that, um, and like that's kind of what this new era of fame seems to be about it's just like finding people who can give people those like moments of of like fake happiness Mm. and then distributing it to as many people as possible Mm. to get them i don't know sedated kind of (laughs) i don't know youtube is super weird too right youtube's gotten more and more like that where it's just like gotten faster and faster paced and like just like you know the things that people do and like Mm. Then you combine it with games, watching games, mm-hmm. which, you know, no, 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 uh, I don't know how to say it, <laughs> like not to criticize people, watch people watching games, but like games are also like designed to, to make you like have dopamine and, and yeah. watching people play games. It's like double, double. And like, I don't know. And of I course mean, there's little games. toddlers watching Elsa sit on <laughs> Spider-Man and bury <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> in <laughs> Jello. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. And there's perverted adults as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they make fine. so much money off those weird They make videos. a lot of money. That's weird. Mm-hmm. They make that Bob Sap money. But Seven every million. single day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> he, made, he only saved up $7 million in like 20 something years. Yeah, that seems that seems Think low. about it. That's not very good. That seems low. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of shit he went through. <laughs> Anyways, we're we're having know. our own like second podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry yeah. about that. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say we should call David. We back should uh, <laughs> we should, we should have a podcast about how Bob Sat manages his money. Yeah, <laughs> the Bob Sat money management. We method. need if you know Bob Sat, have him contact us. Yeah, we are dying yeah. to talk Jamal to him. at tofugu dot com. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk to Bob Sat. Gotta talk to Bob Sat. He might have had a lot of Bob Sat, and that's where his money. Probably, yeah. I don't know. He looked like he had Could fun in like the a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of pee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, thanks so much for listening. I think I think we got it. We got to end it there, so it's not yeah. too long. Um, yeah. So rate and review iTunes. Star star star. Yeah. Star star. Give us give us five stars. Validate us. 
we need to be famous on iTunes. Yes, yeah. we absolutely need yeah. it. Um, and if you uh, give us five stars, we'll make $7 million. So mm-hmm. it would be <laughs> greatly appreciated. <laughs> and uh, also, also, like, it would be nice if that one, that one mega fan of ours who's always standing up and clapping and dancing for our singing and dancing <laughs> would, uh, would stop giving us reviews. <laughs> like, it's fine. We, we need more than one fan. Like, you know, oh it'd, be, it'd be great if someone else came. That was a, that was a big in Japan documentary reference. You have to watch it to, watch to find it. out. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thanks. It's, yeah, it's you it. know, whatever. Give us a review or don't. It's, Who cares? It's a good documentary. You should see <laughs> it. It is a good documentary. It really you is. Should, well, yeah, this is a good podcast. Is, Give us a good review. It made me sad and, like, validate a lot of things. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking it was... Sad in a good way, though. It made me want to go to Japan and become a Tadento. So, <laughs> well, it made me very glad that they made the documentary, right? Yeah, because I remember when good Mr. Message. Jones emailed us, and like you said oh, in yeah. that interview, very relieved that yep. that it's now a documentary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, right. thanks so much. Uh, go follow them. Go mm-hmm. watch them. Uh, rate and review just go rate and review a podcast on itunes it doesn't have to be ours yeah go find a yeah go find a podcast that doesn't have many ratings yeah go ahead give them five out. stars <laughs> make them feel make them feel validated mm. and like give them that dopamine like them, you know? five whole hits yeah <laughs> um so that'd be great if you could go do that and uh yeah i think that does it that's it that's it so goodbye all right bye bob sap we love Bye-bye. you Twist. It was Bob Sapp, who's our biggest fan. <laughs> Dancing and clapping. <laughs> well, then that's yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> Bob Sapp. It's not funny at all. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> all right. Bye. Hey. Goodbye. Bye. Love you. <laughs> Did you say love you? <laughs>